0: This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sandborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellaris is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sandborn's Boys today. Good morning to I say uh, good morning. Good morning. Do I do I sound different to you? Perhaps better.
1: Yeah, uh, I heard you got a, a noticeable a noticeable sound upgrade when it comes to uh, my mi- microphone equipment with this podcast.
0: Yes, indeed. At uh, Actually, last week. I was hoping maybe it would come in time for last week's episode. Uh, it didn't. It showed up just a couple hours after we finished recording, so uh, just barely missed there. But uh, I've got my new microphone, and uh, yeah, so we're we're upgrading the quality of this podcast slowly and steadily.
1: Yeah, production value going up and up. And uh, yeah, gotta say you sound much better this week. And uh, yeah, so let's let's get into the, the 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 small amount of news that has happened this week. Uh, there's a couple of items that we'll cover, and after that. Who knows? After all, I think it's week three uh, without sports at all. And uh, the news has started to really dwindle here uh, in the sports world. And stuff for us to talk about has also gone down in a similar fashion. So uh, the probably the biggest news in the NHL that uh, pretty much everybody's talking about because they don't have much else to talk about is the NHL player pool. Uh, so they have this uh, out every year and they have it out this year. And it's uh it's a moment for us to take a look at what the players think and maybe laugh at them for certain decisions. Uh, one that may involve a certain Montreal Canadian. So, uh, let's let's get into the analysis,
0: uh, shall we? Of course, of course. First question I think we got here is who is the best forward? And I think this is a a result that most of us would agree with. Connor McDavid, for I think some amount of years in a row, might be it's at least two years in a row now. Uh, won this category. 68.35% of the vote, which is, I think, the the most the most that any player got for any category. So, defeating Sidney uh, Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, Nikita Kucherov, the runner-ups, by a very wide margin. I don't think we have to spend too much time dissecting this one. Well, I
1: don't know. I actually want to get into, like, how does Sidney Crosby get almost fifteen percent Like, I understand. He's a generational player. But at this point in the game, at this point in his career, compared to McDavid, I feel like... Basically everybody should be picking McDavid at this point. I honestly don't see where those fifteen percent come from. Maybe maybe the Penguins players, but I don't know who else.
0: Yeah, well, when when you look at when well, so like, what would you have expected Connor McDavid to get? Like ninety percent? Like that would that would just been insane.
1: Well, actually, yeah. What well, I mean, this guy is insane. So I would expect some sort of domination. I mean, it's just. He's so far beyond even Crosby at this point. He's just so goddamn good. He's got everything. He's got the speed, obviously. He's got the goal scoring. He's got the playmaking. I mean, he's better than Crosby. And I think that's that's pretty objective at this point. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I know it's a big margin at this point. It's like 50%. He's got 50% on Crosby. But still, you know, like 15%. percent you got to wonder uh, what's happening there. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, so if you're going to criticize that margin, then I uh, can't wait to see, can't wait to see, if because you don't really have your, your sports passion directed at anywhere as of late, so this might have to be the outlet for that, even though it's not deserving.
1: Yeah, who knows? Let's poll. It's the only thing happening this week, so I might as well yell and scream about it. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, best defenseman. So uh, this one is pretty interesting. I, I, I agree with what, what they had here. So if Victor Heman takes it. With thirty seven percent, that's like a that's a pretty sizable lead over John Carlson. So uh yeah, thoughts on this one. I think it's pretty accurate. The you have your, your other finishers, top finishers are Roman Yossi, Drew Dowdy, and Brent Burns.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, not very surprising to see. At least those top three, not very surpri- surprising. Those probably would be the Norris finalists this season. And if they do still end up giving out the awards for, for the season, even, even if it doesn't finish, those probably will be the finalists. And then you got, you know, Drew Doughty, Brent Burns. Those might be a couple of years out of date. Those fourth and fifth place mentions, or I guess tied for fourth. They both have 6.54% of the vote. So not very surprising. I don't know who I would pick instead of them anyway, not off the top of my head. Yeah,
1: well, I, I assume that both of these, they got the, the, the votes of their teammates. At this point, 6%. I uh, just did a little quick math. Uh, and it's about 34 people. So if you get your teammates to vote for you, uh, apparently you can get a solid 6.5%. Uh, so, yeah, that's the defenseman. Uh, the goaltending situation. Now, this one, uh, I don't know what the players are thinking here. It's quite questionable. Although, you know, I think we established last week that Kerry Price is the foundation, the most important player on this franchise. He was still voted forty-one point five percent of the time for best goalie, taking it pretty handily over Andre Vasilevsky at seventeen percent.
0: Yeah, this one is the the main one that a lot of people were making fun of the players for, uh, myself included. Uh, at HabsLaughs on Twitter, his name is Mike. He said he said very well. He said, "I don't know if I'm supposed to be happy that Carey Price." Was voted for the the players voted for him for the best goalie or upset that the Canadians haven't been able to do anything with the goalie who forty one point five percent of the players say is the best in the world. Uh, and I would say, you uh, know, some people saying the players oftentimes are a couple of years out of date with these votes, and I think that's a very accurate thing to say here. Carey Price is, I wouldn't say a shell of his former self, but I mean, we've seen it throughout the throughout the year. It might be because the workload is too heavy. But we've talked about this many times. Uh, much more inconsistent than he has been in the past. I would probably lean towards somebody else with the vote. Maybe Andre Vasilevsky. Maybe even Tukarask, Rask, who didn't end up in the top four. But uh, Carey Price, I don't know. Maybe the players, since they all seem to agree so much, maybe they see something that we don't see. Maybe they you know, understand something we don't understand, but I don't know. I just feel like at at this rate, it's going to be, Carey Price is going to be like backing up Caden Primo in the last year of his contract, and he's still going to get like 15% of the votes in this player poll.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I know this this result has been a lot mo- uh, mocked at, but that, that point that you just made really does come to mind. Do the players know, see and know something about Kerry Price that we don't know? Is he really that good? Well, of course, you know, there's a degree of doubt because we have seen him as fans and he's been pretty inconsistent but maybe maybe the, the team around him really is dog shit and the other players that play against them see that and when it comes to just beating the guy straight up one on one maybe they believe that he really is the best goaltender i don't know maybe as it is at, maybe it's that you know they're two years late who knows uh, i looking at the other results i mean sergei Bobrovsky getting 5.63% given the year he's had you know that Makes me pause a little. You know, that makes me put that pushes me a bit towards, yeah, these players don't really know what they're talking about. I might be living in a 2017 world at this point because, uh, yeah, did anybody watch Sergey Bobrovsky play this year? His team was excellent around him, though questionable defensively, not that bad. And he, I mean, his stats speak for themselves. He was absolute dog shit. And uh, the Florida Panthers were, were, were on the edge of the bubble. If he was any good, if he was half of what he used to be, that team will be firmly in a divisional playoff
0: spot. Yeah, Sergey Wabrowski, Even when he was with the Blue Jackets, he would every now and then deliver one of these terrible years out of nowhere. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was a similar thing they're having this year. Maybe getting used to Florida' new environment. So if he did bounce back next year, return to Vesna caliber or almost Vesna caliber, it wouldn't be such a surprise. But as you say, this kind of points to players. Kind of just looking at pedigree and saying, oh, this guy's won a couple of Vezinas in recent memory, so I'll vote for him, best goalie. So, yeah, yeah, maybe not taking Carey Price too seriously, that Carey Price result too seriously. You know, maybe something like, oh, this is what everyone, he said, they said he's the best goalie for the past five years or six years or whatever it's been, so I'll, I'll vote for him.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's just a bit of a popularity contest there. And, and the Bobrovsky thing, you even look at last year, right? Yeah, you look at how he was with Columbus. You, could, you couldn't possibly say he was the best goalie of the year. I mean, he got on, he got pretty hot at, near the end of the season. But he was struggling for the first little half of the season. They were wondering what they were going to do with the guy. Uh, his trade value went down to the trade deadline last year with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so, you know, you got to wonder, maybe they really are two years. That's not an exaggeration at all for these teams. Okay, so moving on. Uh, next question that they have. If you need to win one game, who is the one player you would want on your team? Uh, and uh, this one, any player, any position. And Sidney Crosby takes this one with a pretty, pretty thick margin at 44%. Connor McDavid is second place at 30%. Thoughts?
0: This is the funniest one for me by far. Because Okay, so Connor McDavid, as we mentioned, handily won the best forward vote beat Crosby by a margin of fifty percent and now all of a sudden we're talking about winning a game, which by the way, is kind of the whole point of ice hockey in the first place. And now Sidney Crosby gets more votes than Connor McDavid. Wouldn't it wouldn't it make sense that the one you voted is better than the other would also be the one that you would prefer to have on your team if you tried to win a game? I don't know. Just feel like it's a perfect example of this warped logic that so many hockey players and hockey people have of like this, oh yeah, you, you got the you got the talent and the, and the skill and the speed and all that. But you got to, you know, you got to be clutch. And Crosby's won cups before, so he's the one you got to, you know, have on your, your Stanley Cup, got to win sort of thing, you know? It's just, I find it hilarious.
1: Yeah. well, Frankly, knowing how to win is not, uh, it's not a talent. I'm sorry. Like, you, you, if you're talented, if you're the best forward, then that's how you know how to win. And for some reason, half of the players who voted McDavid in the best forward question – moved and voted someone else and most of Crosby. So like, uh, I don't know what these people are doing. I mean, as you said, it is a warped sense of logic that we see a lot in the hockey community where we're talking about, I don't know, uh, intangibles and stuff like that, because you're telling me that Carter McDavid, he's not, he's the best forward, but he's the guy that you wouldn't want on your team. Like he was not the one guy. It's Cindy Crosby. Uh, makes no sense if you ask me. And uh, yeah, just a kind of stupid question. But you know, yeah, yeah, you kinda of laugh at it. that's why the player poll is kind of stupid because you see that kind of question and you're like, What the fuck are these players thinking? Uh half of them just switch their answer, best forward, Connor McDavid, next question, uh they switch over to a different player. It makes no sense.
0: I just noticed something on this this website. Uh I think are are you on NHLPA.com also? Yes. Okay, so look right underneath, like so you have for every every vote, you have the four players, their pictures, and under that you have other and it tells you how, how much of the vote went to uh, other players. We could have counted that up and found it out, but it's right there. 7.19% other went to other for best forward, which is more than either McKinnon or Kucherov. Uh, just scrolling through, uh, 18.65% for defensemen. And the, th- the reason I'm pointing this out, because this really caught my eye for need to win one game, uh, 18% went to other, besides Crosby, McDavid, McKinnon, and Bergeron, who are the top three. So if you don't count Crosby and McDavid, then that's about 25% of the, of the 511 players who got votes who really tried to galaxy-brain this thing somehow and went somewhere besides McDavid or Crosby.
1: Yeah, really puzzling. I don't know what these people are thinking. And uh, I mean, no disrespect to Nathan McKinnon or Patrice Bergeron. I don't know what he's doing there. Like, uh, I understand that he's won, but I mean, come on. You're telling me you would take him over any other player? Patrice Bergeron over Carter McDavid. I mean, that's just frankly ridiculous.
0: So the fact that other is eighteen percent that means that there are about like what at least at least six other players who received votes for this. I don't know. Do you want to try and figure out who they would be? Because like if Bergeron got three point three three percent, then I could I could see maybe like someone voting for you know someone probably voted for Price. Someone maybe voted for I don't know for Dreisaitl or Pasternak, or Marchand, or Matthews, I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, all those names sound pretty valid. Uh, maybe Nikita Kucherov, I know he's having a down year, but this poll doesn't seem to take that into consideration. Um, uh, maybe some I'm defensemen. What other defensemen would they add? There are no defensemen on this list. Um, so, maybe Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, you know, those people we saw in the, earlier in the poll when it comes to best defensemen, you'd probably see yeah. them get a bunch of votes, but yeah,
0: what, what, what do you think? Yeah, I'll, maybe Ovechkin also comes to mind. Maybe his cap, some of his Capitals teammates voted for him because, you know, he did kind of just win the Con Smythe in recent memory. And Ryan O'Reilly, too. Pro- probably be uh, at least maybe mentioned in the same breath as Patrice Bergeron, Maybe. Uh, He did just beat him in the Stanley Cup finals last year. I know it wasn't a one-on-one, but but still, the point stands. Uh, Very interesting. Very interesting to look at this. I'm kind of curious. I know they would never reveal it, but I'd be really curious to see which players voted for who.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to laugh at the stupid people in the league. It's always fun to do that. Uh, So uh, moving on from that one, now we have an even dumber question if you ask me. Holy crap. uh, Who is the (laughs) most complete player? Who is the most complete player? This makes no sense. All right. So we'll look at the responses here. We have Sidney Crosby winning the thing at 45.56%. Patrice Bergeron takes a quarter of the vote. And then third and fourth place, you have Barkov at 7% and uh, Ryan O'Reilly at 5%. Uh, you want to start uh, talking on the stupidity of this one?
0: Yeah, so for, for anyone who's uh, maybe having trouble keeping track, I just want to make it clear. The definition of a complete player is somebody is a forward. First of all, it can't be a defenseman. Of course not. How, why would you even mention such a thing? Defenseman, complete player, no way. It has to be a forward. Uh, it should almost definitely be a center. So sorry, Mark Stone, even though you've led the league in takeaways like 23 years in a row, you're, you're not eligible because you play on the right wing. It has to be a center. And, um has to be really good defensively but can't be too good offensively so that you forget how good they are defensively. Uh, Sidney Crosby, for example, who who won this, this poll, uh, at the beginning of his career when he was racking up insane offensive numbers, nobody would ever consider him to be a, a complete player because he was just too good offensively. You can't be complete if you're scoring too many goals and assists. So later on in his career, when... Uh, the, the Penguins started relieving a little bit of pressure off of him, and Malkin and Crosby started being more of a 1-2 thing, and Crosby's numbers kind of dialed down, and he played a bit of a more defensive role. Then now, all of a sudden, at the age of 28 years old, is when he gets all these accolades as being a complete player and gets some... Uh, some- selkie trophy votes uh conor mcdavid uh, of course he would never be considered a complete player because he constantly is near the top of the league in scoring so that would just be downright impossible so i hope that explanation covers it
1: yeah and uh with the exception of alex barkov it just seems that there's a cutoff for this award too you got to be 28 or older because you got to be a grizzled vet if you if you want to play the smart two-way game you got to have that high hockey iq uh so yeah just a number of criteria where it just frankly makes no sense okay you're telling me that the guy who has the most talent on the team, who scores the most goals, and who has who's the fastest in the whole league, Connor McDavid. You're telling me that not five percent of the players thought he was the most complete player? Are you kidding me? You're telling me he's not the best player? Anyways, uh, it just if it just makes no sense. And uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it I kind of feels like like all these subjective things. I don't know how they they started. Like these ideas about what a complete player has to be. Same thing with like same thing with the Jack Adams. Like with what kind of coaches can win, like and what kind can't. Like how it always has to be a coach whose team surprised you. Like all these these, you know, these things that we've come to expect that everyone kind of just has come to accept that are just strange and unusual and weird. Yeah, these uh, dumb unwritten rules, as you would. And, yeah, unwritten uh, rules.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at the definition of these things and then you look at who wins and you scratch your head a bit and then you realize that they're all voting with a total different set of criteria that aren't written down anywhere. And so, yeah, that's where that end. And you see it with the MVP too, you know, like uh, certain things, like you got to make the playoffs. If not, you're almost definitely not going to win or you got to be a defenseman. Uh, no, you got to be a forward, you can't be the defenseman. Things like that. And uh, yeah, it's just... That's that's hockey hockey culture for you. I don't know what else to say. Uh, So moving on. Next question. Uh, A bit of a weird one as well. Who is the game's best trash talker? And uh, probably the first name that comes to mind takes the cake here. Brad Marchand with 25%. Drew Dowdy with 13%. Ryan Reeves with 11%. And Patrick Maroon at 4%. And, uh, yeah, if you notice that these numbers are low, it seems that the league is very divided on who the best trash talker is because almost half the league, 45%, 46%, said other. So, yeah, I don't know how much stuff we can put into these results, but uh, any thoughts?
0: Uh, well, I don't know. We're, it's not really our place to have thoughts about it because we don't really hear these players trash talking. We very rarely hear sound bites of that. So, I assume... Uh, If we want to kind of move on to to game's worst trash talker, which is the next one, where Brad Marchand and Drew Doughty also both finished number one and two, respectively, uh, that the players might not necessarily have any idea what they're, they're talking about either. Just kind of, I guess Marchand and Doughty come to mind for trash talks often. So I guess maybe they hit sometimes and miss others if they take a lot of swings. I don't really know.
1: Yeah, maybe that's just it. It's just a sheer volume. Uh, You either, you know, both pretty polarizing figures. If you think about it, you know, you either love him or you hate him for both of these guys, really, given their personalities. And that probably plays into, a, that, probably plays into that. Now, third and fourth place, you have PK Subban. Oh, he's a very polarizing player, too. And funny enough, fourth place, former Montreal Canadian, Nick Cousins gets almost uh, 6% of the vote there. Uh, I didn't know that this guy uh, had such a dirty mouth.
0: Yeah, if it gets worse trash talker, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it must be pretty bad if this fourth liner can cause 5.61% of 321 players to uh, to think of him for worst trash talker, this random guy who most casual hockey fans would have never heard of. So that's very interesting. And obvi- those numbers are all even lower than for for best trash talker. 70% of the vote went to players who, who aren't listed here. So I don't think it would be possible to put too much stock into these results.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on. Uh, of all players past or present, is the next question, who would you pay to see play? And uh, we have 30% of people saying Wayne Gretzky. I think that's to be expected. We have Bobby Orr at 15%. Mario uh, takes almost 10% at 9%. And mm-hmm. Connor McDavid, uh, 7.8%. He shows up on this one. It's uh, funny enough, you, you put him as one of the all-time greats, yeah, you don't put him as the winner of a player you'd want if you wanted to win one game. I mean, that just highlights how stupid this thing is. But uh, yeah, other than that, you got anything to say about uh, this, this whole set of people?
0: I'm I'm kind of surprised McDavid got so much of the vote just because these players are NHL players and they don't have to pay to see McDavid live. They can, they could. It's their job actually to every so often throughout the season, uh, watch him absolutely destroy your team. Uh, so so I don't see why they would want to want to pay to do to watch him play when they could just you know do their job and watch him play. Uh, Gretzky or Lemieux. Yeah, that makes sense to be the top three. Uh pretty big chunk, thirty six point one four percent of the votes went to other. So I feel like you we might have seen like some, some a lot of Gordie Howe in there, maybe. You know, uh I don't know, Marc Messier, Phil Esposito, uh maybe some goalies would wanna see, I don't know, Hashik or or Ken Dryden or whoever else. Uh, there are probably a lot of players that try to, to galaxy brain this thing, which is probably the case for many questions. But uh yeah, yeah Greski probably- or Lemieux, the top three, not surprising.
1: Yeah, you probably see Crosby in there too, uh, given how oh, yeah, the and uh, yeah, the pedestal that they seem to put him on.
0: Okay, moving
1: on. Uh this is pretty interesting. I mean, like who knows, maybe this will actually have an effect on the league a bit, even though it's kind of insignificant. Uh, would you like to see the players' personalities expressed on their equipment? And if so, how? So uh yeah, fifty-three percent of players said yes, and forty-seven percent of players said no, and when it comes to how they would like it expressed. We have 40%, 40.5% of respondents saying skates, and then it drops down significantly from there, 5%, 4% uh, to sticks and helmets. So yeah, you think we might... Uh, I mean, this is 40% of players that responded. That's a pretty significant amount that want to see customization of
0: skates in the league. Do you think that's something we might see in the future? Maybe. I never thought about it or heard anything about it until this poll. But uh, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting idea. But honestly, I've, I'm surprised that skates got so much more than sticks or helmets maybe it's something that players have talked about internally before so they've kind of all been on the same page about it but if you would have given this to me to vote on i definitely would have picked helmets i feel like because maybe it's to do with how how goalies already customize their masks i feel like players customizing helmets would be uh an interesting thing to do an interesting choice kind of like how goalies customize their masks i know it it would kind of take the novelty off of it of a, a decorated goalie mask and you know more that i think about it maybe it would actually look kind of weird if you had all the players going around with like different colors on their heads i don't know just uh, just an option i don't know but skates yeah I, I can see it and it wouldn't be too too distracting either It would just kind of be like a, a little subtle addition to the uniform so so yeah i could to- i could totally see it working
1: yeah absolutely and when it comes to helmet i think yeah, yeah absolutely it'd be weird to see you know how many is it like ten different colors of helmets on the ice at the same time, especially since it is a pretty prominent uh, part of the uniform when it comes to television broadcasts. So yeah, the, I get why the helmet wasn't the most popular option, and yeah, the skates make sense because you look at the other leagues, and I think uh, the, the the NHL wants to follow the NHL players want to follow how kind of the NBA has done this, where they really relaxed their dress code so people you know they can wear whatever shoes they want, and that that you can you can make that connection pretty easily from shoes basketball shoes to skates. So it makes sense. And, you know, these athletes, they, they think a lot of the same. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe we'll see something in the future. We've seen the NBA do it with pretty big success because, yeah, that, that's uh, you see a lot of basketball shoes now. They're the, they're the it thing. All right. Uh, yeah. And a uh, change-up question here. Uh, who is the best female hockey player in the world? And, uh, yeah, it's pretty close on this one. Uh, so we had Mary-Philippe Poulet win it, uh, noted Canadian. She scored in that gold medal game and uh, she gets a 40% of the vote. Close second, Hillary Knight gets 36%. And uh, after that, Kendall Cohen Schofield at 15.5% and, a half, and uh, Emily Matheson uh, getting 1.4% of the vote. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is to be expected. Marie-Philippe Poulet is probably the biggest name in women's hockey right now, and Hillary Knight is a close second. Although Poulet is probably the most popular, most household name. Uh, in women's hockey, so yeah, I mean, uh, there's not much else to say. And Schofield made that appearance in the All-Star game, and uh, that gained her a lot of recognition.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like I don't know a lot of the the people who I follow who really know a lot about women's hockey, a lot more than I do. Uh, the vast majority, I think, would probably have Hillary Knight number one, but I think it's a kind of a, a similar thing where like Marie Philippe Rouleau has that that gold medal game clutch thing to her name, you know, from six years ago that hockey players care so much about, right? In Sochi, she scored those. Uh, that I think she was the tying goal and the winning goal in the gold medal game in overtime against the U.S. And uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield, uh, I would probably guess, I don't know, probably doesn't deserve uh, this big of a chunk, chunk of the vote, 15.52%, and probably just guess that because of the the 2019 All-Star game where she made that appearance, the fastest skater lap, uh, did it faster than a couple players. So, so yeah, that's, that's how I see that. And there have also been some rumblings, I think, that, like, the players. This was actually like a multiple choice thing for uh, for players, but I don't. I don't think that's true because it says uh, other got six point eight five percent of the vote. So uh, I'm pretty sure the players got um, a free pick from here. They know. They know what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, I, I think so because you look at Emily Matheson, who's fourth place, one point four one percent, and so there's at least what a f- four or five other options that they picked, be- given that the six point eight five percent. So yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think that that's what happened there with the multiple choice. I think they were just free to pick, and it's just that you know the, the, the you found a consensus. And when it comes to Kendall Schofield, Coils uh, Coin Schofield, I mean, I don't see how 15 percent, as you said, picked her over her teammate Hillary Knight. It just I don't know what they're doing. I think it's definitely the All Star Game. They start skate fast, and so they kind of ah, I know that name. I'll pick it. Uh, maybe that's what happened there. All right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's it up on the, yeah. You want add something? Wait no. There's a, there's a next page. Oh, there
0: is. Oh, damn. Yeah, next page. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Oh, we're, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah we're right. not done with this. All okay, right, would I, you I, be in favor of relaxing game day dress code similar to the NBA? Uh, seven, 73, exactly 73% 73 said yes, while the other 27% is, uh, I don't know what they're thinking. They they like dressing up, Um, they're stuck up pricks. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuck up pricks fucking says it right uh i don't understand what these people are thinking who say no what you don't want to see personality in the league you don't want to make it easier for the nhl to market itself makes no sense i mean come on you want to wear your suit if they relax the dress code they're not banning suits here uh so uh yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah weird weird choice uh i, I can't believe 27 i mean that's a pretty sizable chunk to say no they don't want to relax the dress code i mean who doesn't ever want to relax any sort of dress code at all I mean, what? You don't want more freedom? It makes no sense. makes no sense whatsoever. And uh, yeah, stuck-up prick is can define a lot of the attitudes that you see in hockey. And uh, yeah, old school. Uh, we like the tradition. Uh, yeah, spare me the bullshit. And uh, yeah, I don't like this one.
0: Next up is who is the funniest player in the NHL? And this is the winner is, I think, the same guy who won it last year and possibly in the past two, Keith Yandel, 17.98% of the vote. Uh, so it seems like he's uh, he's really quite the comedian because you don't really hear that much about him in terms of, you know, uh, on ice chirping or anything like that. But here, this little icon next to him, you got him uh, blowing, blowing bubble gum. I think that would probably be at the All-Star game. Uh, just a guess and he's he got uh what is it let me do some math 11 percent more about than second place drew dowdy on this team so he's certainly made quite a name for himself in the nhl as a comedian even though he's played in mostly in non-traditional markets played in arizona for a long time a little bit with the rangers but now obviously he's been with the panthers for the last uh, what is it four years or so now so he's definitely somehow everybody knows uh He's uh, got, got he knows how to tickle your funny bone as they say <laughs> and um, maybe, <laughs> maybe a he's boy. got a, maybe he's got a career in, in stand-up comedy yeah, after he retires from the NHL who knows I'd like to yeah. hear him crack a joke I, mean, I have a feeling he's got like a really dry sense of humor you know just by that bubblegum picture
1: yeah, All right, well, I want to see what the is all about because I you said this guy he's kind of a nobody I mean when it comes to I know obviously he's talented we know that but you play he's played in those small markets. He's also kind of, uh, as you said, you know, we don't hear him for the chirping. He's he's a, he's a pretty low-key guy. And then to see that, you know, 18% of the league thinks he's the funniest guy out of everybody, even more so than the more outspoken spoken guys like Dowdy and Marshad. I mean, yeah, you got to give some credit to that. I mean, it's one of those things where it's really the players that know that kind of thing. And to see a pretty big chunk of them come up with this consensus, uh, yeah, Keith Yandle. I want to see the Keith Yandle special come up on Netflix one of these days.
0: The, the, the description down below says with quick wit and his sharp delivery of a joke to go along with his incredible on-ice skills, Keith Yandel is widely considered to be the funniest man in hockey.
1: Okay. I want to hear that sharp delivery one day. Uh, I did not to hear that. Okay. Uh, so uh, next one, we have uh, which players have the best bromance in the league? I mean, pretty expectedly, you don't really see a uh, huge consensus here because there are just so many two people combinations that you could possibly find. So that's why it only took David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly, 6.5% to win this poll. And uh, everybody else follows pretty closely behind them. You have your Thornton and Burns next, uh, Matthews and Marner, Kachuk and Dowdy. I think I think the players are kind of memeing us with that one. 3.67% of people answering, you know, noted rivals, Kachuk and Dowdy there. Uh, ben Sagan, uh, those two guys in Dallas. And we have Marshan and Bergeron uh, rounding out the top, I don't know, six. Uh, and so, yeah on this one I think uh, the Kachuk-Dowdy one's
0: pretty funny. Yeah, that's obviously pretty. that's just tongue in cheek. You know, obviously they were going back and forth this year a lot uh, earlier in this season. I'm surprised uh, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan didn't get more of the vote. I feel like I feel like that's kind of a you know I feel like that's a thing. You know, that probably would have come to mind first for me, and that would have been the expected winner. I feel like they might have won last year, and I don't know why they wouldn't have gotten more of the vote this year. Maybe they just kind of you know fallen off the the map in in Dallas in terms of you know. Not that not that many people talking about them. Their productions kind of slowed down a little bit this year, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I don't know. I would have expected them to get higher votes. And obviously, uh, 72.94% got less than 3.67% of this vote. So lots of different combinations that are honestly probably, for the most part, guys just voting for players on their own team. To be honest, first, I thought of the Habs. I thought of – um, I thought of – uh, the, the Mint the mint Club, I thought of Yasperi Kotkaniemi and Victor Mete, even though is technically with the, the Rockets still, so I don't know if he would be eligible for this uh, for this vote, but, uh, but nevertheless, that's who I first thought of.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure as you said, they all, a lot of them voted for their own players, and yeah, the Dallas thing kind of surprised me, and I mean, they're basically the only two players on Dallas at this point, other than Ben Bishop uh, that are of note. Uh, it's a depth team, and so yeah, just uh, interesting to see Peron and O'Reilly. I didn't really know they were a thing, but uh, yeah, guess they got a signal. Yeah, program. me neither. Yeah, all right. Uh, next question: Which player is the best follow on social media? Uh, PK Subban takes this one with 13 and a half percent. Ovechkin's behind at six percent, and we have Marshan and Domi. Max Domi. Uh, yeah, I didn't see Max Domi coming up on this one. Uh, I personally am not such a fan of his social media.
0: Yeah, we're really getting into the. Uh the part of the poll where it's like the winner gets like oh you know 10% and then like the other is like a massive chunk of the vote because everyone's just so divided on these these random questions that nobody ever would have given thought to like this one for example 71.36% of the vote go to went to none of the top 4 or just Subanovechkin Marche and Domi
1: yeah so uh, at this point, you know, it's like it's kind of a crapshoot. You got a few, yeah. Basically, you get I don't know, uh, what's thirteen percent of two hundred? Anyways, it's like yeah, if twenty six people voted for PK, twenty seven people voted for PK van. So at that point, it's like you get you get a bunch of teammates to vote PK, and there you go. He wins the freaking poll. So yeah, that's what's that. Uh, so I don't think we we need to put that much talk into the remaining of these questions because, as you said, I mean, they're they're the similar sort. Uh, next question: We have which player isn't on social media but should be. Anthony Crosby wins that one with about a quarter of the vote. Yeah, Thornton at 7%. You know, Tyler Ennis, that's a funny one, at 5%. And uh, Jay uh
0: 4%. Yeah, I don't know. I was Maybe Tyler Ennis is like, I don't know, maybe he's a funny guy. Maybe people have a, a, a hunch that he would be a funny social media presence or interesting or engaging in some other way. I don't really know. I would not have guessed Tyler Ennis would be on this list. But, uh, but then again, 5.46% of uh, 183, which is about, what, nine people? So, yeah, again, not much stock really needs to go into that. And uh, then next we've got who has the best nickname. Uh, Montreal Canadian Thomas Tatar, whose nickname is apparently Tuna, even though I very rarely hear any, anybody unironically refer to him as Tuna. Uh, he wins this vote for the second year in a row, 8.08%. Uh, I personally, I think that pasta for Pasternak and bread man for Panarin probably both deserve to be higher than tuna on this list. And uh, the funniest one to me, 2.69% <laughs> 2. 2. of this vote, uh, Christian Fisher, Arizona Coyotes, bottom six forwards, nickname is uh, Stinky, Christian Stinky Fisher. And uh, I don't know if this is something to do with uh, a pun about fish that smell bad like sardines or i don't know maybe if it really does seem like food is a theme here on this list we got tuna pasta bread and uh and stinky fish maybe that's the what they're going for here i don't really know christian fisher who who even hears about uh, christian fisher uh anywhere in the hockey world other than finishing fourth place in the best nickname poll
1: yeah exactly i mean uh maybe this guy's just a smelly guy i don't know maybe his equipment smells bad He has a tendency to rip (laughs) farts. I don't fucking know. Uh, Weird nickname. And uh, I mean, at this point, this guy got 2.69%. So it's like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I had five people vote for Stinky Fisher. Uh, Probably all of them are on the Coyotes. And uh, that's probably how he ended up in the top four. But I'm glad that he did. And that we all got to experience the magic of that nickname. Because, yeah, probably the highlight of the poll. Not going to lie. It's actually pretty hilarious. I mean, fuck. Imagine if your name was Stinky.
0: Yeah, so you got you also got you got 76.15% of the vote going elsewhere. So, uh when you think about it, you probably got like people all around the league voting for like, oh, I'm going to vote for uh Stephen Stamkos. His nickname is uh Stammer, and I'm going to vote for uh Pricey and and whatever whatever else, you know, I'm going to vote for uh let's see what other nicknames are there. I'm going to vote for uh C- Connor McJesus or I don't know, that nickname's kind of died down thankfully. It was awful. But uh yeah, you you probably got all these guys thinking of like these like the first player that comes to mind and whatever nickname they could possibly have for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and plus you look at the number of respondents in this one, like the the votes have gone down significantly. Just the number of total votes have gone down significantly. At this point we've reached what 260 votes for this one. I I know the last question uh, about the social media, it was under 200 people who responded to that. And so, yeah, this one, 260. And so now that just means that you have a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of answers that had one person. Uh, just write that nickname down. And it's probably something stupid like Jimmy VC. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Vesey. Uh, that's what we call him in the locker room. Uh, do shit. <laughs> All right. So,
0: uh,
1: okay, next question. Uh, who is the best golfer? Uh, so Joe Pavelski seems to be the pretty popular response there. You get 16%. Tyler Bozak, uh, okay, 5.5%. We had Justin Schultz. A lot of known namers here. Justin Schultz, Cal Cutterbuck, Mark Stone, I'll get a chunk. And Greg mckeg uh, the New York Rangers, uh, yeah, apparently he's a pretty good golfer.
0: He gets 3.81%. You know, you don't, know, well, my main takeaway from this question is, is that Greg McKaig probably deserves to be at least second place on this poll. And maybe would even be Joe Pavelski in a head to head, because if you've got the 3.81% of NHLers thinking, you know who I think is the best golfer, this fringe NHLer, Greg McKaig, then, uh, if they would, if their mind would go to him right away when they're thinking of best golfer, then that probably means that if this were actually a golfing competition, he would finish much higher than the uh, than sixth place in this uh, in this competition. Maybe even challenging kovalski for number one. Just a hunch.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now I'm sure Greg McKeag has tons of time to practice, uh, given that he's on the Rangers. And so yeah, I'm not uh, the. You know, I thought. Fucking- I'm, I'm missing so, so, so much sports right now. If they had a golf tournament between these guys, I'd probably tune in for like a few seconds to watch, you know, who the hell is winning. Uh, and so, yeah, if they want to throw that together in these times of need, I would totally watch that. Okay, moving on to the next segment, the last one. Oh, there's yeah, more. Arenas, arenas and teams. This one, uh, I don't think anybody's talking about it. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it because we're starving for content here. Uh, So arenas and teams, who has the best visitors dressing room? And uh, yeah, it seems that the Edmonton Oilers, good for them, are the winner here. They got 38%. You have Vegas following them, Detroit, both at around 25%. And the Penguins at 7% for the fourth place. Uh, I don't know what, what, what more to say other than like congratulations, Edmonton, I guess. Must be nice look to at
0: play the, there. Look at this. Look at look at the picture of this Oilers visitors dressing room. It's a bunch of brown stalls and like a trash can in the middle. And that gets thirty eight percent of best visiting dress. That's awful. It's see NH I, every time they show like a visitors dressing room in the NHL, I'm always like, Oh, that looks that looks like minor league quality. That looks like the kind of dressing room that that I sat in when I was playing, you know, peewee hockey as a twelve year old in Dorval or wherever I went to it was terrible like when uh, after that David Ayers game the Toronto Carolina game they showed the uh, the Hurricanes dressing room which was well actually it was in Toronto so the visitors dressing room that the Hurricanes were in it like it looks like uh amateur room like how are these players comfortable at all shouldn't they be having professional quality I know like the visitors dressing room you're supposed to like you don't make it, you know, have all the same nice facilities as uh, the home home team investor group just because that's the way it is. But then, like, at the Bell Center and other places around the NHL where you have, like, the other team's backup goalie, there isn't even enough room for them on the bench with their team, and they have to sit in the Zamboni hallway shuffling a deck of cards. Like, I don't know. I just think it's hilarious and that, I don't know, maybe uh, teams should try to surpass the Oilers' very low bar of – very high quality visitors dressing room.
1: Yeah, they probably should. I mean, just for the treatment of people in general, You, if you can, you should probably treat people, you know, you should probably treat your guests, mind you, pretty well. But I guess teams are looking for that whole nice advantage. Uh, and at that point, I don't even know why you supply them with a locker room, just throw them into a janitor's closet and call it that, that, at that point. I mean, if you're giving them this kind of thing, I mean, I'm taking a look at this picture right here and uh, yeah, you don't get individual stalls. It's all just one big wall with some coat hangers. Uh, up near the top. So, yeah, pretty sketchy quality there. And if that wins, oh, man, I don't even want to know what's happening in, I don't know, uh, Arizona. Say. Anywhere right. else. Yeah, anywhere else, exactly. Uh, so next we have Best Jersey. So we did a logo thing. They're doing a jersey thing. And so Chicago wins this one, 28.25%. And then 6.83 goes to Vegas. Actually, yeah, they're all the next three are all around 6%. Yeah, the Leafs, the Golden Knights, and the Rangers. So, yeah, you got to think that, like, they kind of did the opposite of what we did. They put a lot of stock, it seems, into the history, other than the Vegas. It seems that they really like the Vegas one a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, NHL players obviously would generally, when ranking logos and jerseys, put a lot of stock into history. So, it just goes to show how wonderful and beautiful that amazing and stunning and all the other synonyms Golden Knights jersey really is. Uh, who's that in the picture? I think that's Ryan Reeves. In the picture. Oh, look at that the the grey, the gold, the, the little circle of red on the sleeves. It's amazing, it's amazing. And it totally deserves to be second place on this poll. Uh the Blackhawks though winning. Uh not surprising, but uh still not very happy with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've both expressed our discontent with we talked about their logo last time. Uh we did the logo thing, and so yeah, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't put them at number one. I don't know who I would. Maybe we'll do that in the future. But definitely not the Blackhawks. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, enough. Uh, after we did that logo, uh, the logo ranking a couple of weeks ago on, on Twitter, a lot of people started doing like, you know, tier maker.com where you like, uh, you know, put things into like whatever elite tier, a tier, B tier, C tier, whatever you want. Uh, people started doing that with NHL logos. Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with us, but, uh, it was a funny coincidence anyway. And I was looking through them and, uh, yeah, so basically just like us, nobody really, knows what they're talking about at all it can come to any sort of agreement on anything The one of the worst ones i saw had like uh, like all the worst logos on like they had like dallas and carolina both in the top tier i didn't understand but the one thing that bugged me almost everyone i saw had anaheim near the bottom and i don't understand people it must be the mighty ducks thing like you pointed out it must be that like these people like they missed the the weird helmet duck sort of thing they're like oh i don't like this is his foot i don't like i don't know i don't know what everyone has uh has against it very bothersome yeah, to of- me.
1: yeah i just i see these things too on instagram and uh yeah i really just scratched my head as i actually noticed the same thing it just seems that the only consensus is that the fucking ducks are always at the bottom and i don't understand i mean like we both agree that it's a pretty sick logo it deserves it, it belongs way higher than this and yeah, I guess they're just grumpy people, mad that they don't—they, you know—they—they—they they, they want their nostalgia. I guess that's what it is. The, a lot of these people grew up with the Mighty Ducks franchise. I mean, if you're following hockey, you probably grew up with the Mighty Ducks around. And so, yeah, they're just—you know—grumpy people that uh, they like that old logo that really wasn't that good. And so, I guess that's what's well, happening there. And uh, yeah, we
0: grew up—we grew up with the old Panthers logo. And now we, we moved on from that. Well, I don't know. I remember you played the Panthers logo, but I had it. I had it number two on my list. This new Panthers logo that's, uh, you know, still relatively new to me that I didn't grow up with no nostalgia attached to it. And I have it ranked number two, even though I liked the old one. So uh, I don't I don't want people using that as an excuse. I just think the best solution would be for them to recognize the glory of the, the web foot shaped like a D and to rank it higher on their logo tiers. That's probably the best case scenario. Absolutely,
1: and think a bit, and maybe maybe switch Chicago and, and Anaheim. I don't think anybody would be too mad. About, well, we perfect. wouldn't be too mad about perfect. That. There we go. There we go. All right. Which arena has the best ice? Uh, Montreal wins this one. Uh, yeah, they they double the second place Edmonton, and so yeah, the Bell Center. Uh, apparently, that's that's a popular destination, and uh, yeah, that's cool. Montreal, yay us.
0: Yeah, good job, Montreal.
1: Uh, I guess they have good zambonis. Uh, yeah, that's it. Anyways, <laughs> and uh, the last one. This one was a pretty big cakewalk. It's the biggest margin of victory we've seen in a while. Who is the best NHL team mascot? I think it's to be expected. Uh, you ask anybody, really. I'm surprised he didn't get 100% of the vote because he really is excellent. Uh, an excellent follower. He, he should have won the, the, the who's the best player, who's the best follow on social media. Should have been Gritty yeah. uh, because excellent. And so with 70% of the vote, Gritty takes this one. Over other, you know, not as good mascots, Nash gets 3%. Howler, Bailey, and even Montreal, UP. I haven't heard of half of these people, and uh, I I don't want to because I'm sure they're all mediocre mascots.
0: Who who the hell is Howler and Bailey? Who names a mascot Bailey? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how about you
1: guess what teams they're they're on? Who the fuck is Howler and Bailey on? Oh, wait, have you you
0: seen who they are? Yeah. Okay. You saw who they were. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah right. so, so. maybe maybe that's what we'll do next week. If you want to find the names of all the uh, the NHL mascots, I'll have to guess what team they belong to. I uh, I don't know if I'll be able to to, to do that well. I um, I can name a, a couple. I know. Obviously, Up gritty Nash. Now I know Howler and Bailey. I know I know Carlton the bear. Uh, I know the Oilers logo, I can picture it. It's pretty new. It came out recently and it started making the rounds like before gritty, I think because of how scary it was, but I can't remember the name. If I saw the name or if I heard the name, I would know it. Maybe that's a fun idea for a quiz in the future to uh, to try and match, match the mascot to the team. Yeah, absolutely. So uh,
1: we might see that next week on a podcast. Uh, I'll cook that up, and uh, we'll have a fun mascot quiz going for next week. All right, so that wraps it up for the player poll. Many, many questions, a lot of them pretty fucking stupid, and uh, lots of stupid answers that we saw that go along with those stupid questions. And, uh, yeah, something fun to talk about. And, yeah, that's good for the NHLPA, and we really get to see a, a funky perspective into these players' minds.
0: Yep. so uh, the, uh, the next thing we wanted to do, uh, we should acknowledge what happened on the New York Rangers. Uh, they organized a Zoom call, uh, I think it was two days ago, They with uh, Keandre Miller. They, uh, it was a Zoom call that was going to be locked after the first 500 Rangers fans. It was like a, like a Q&A sort of thing. And uh, as you've probably heard, somebody started spamming the chat of the Zoom call with racial slurs. And the New York Rangers made a statement condemning it. The NHL made a statement condemning it. And uh, yeah, so we just want to, especially with everything that happened earlier this season with, uh, with Akima Liu, we we see that everybody who tries to ignore it can see when things like this happen, that racism is still very, very present in hockey and in the <laughs> rest of the world. So ignoring it is uh, a very bad solution. And that we need to continue combating it. Uh, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this situation. Just felt like we should acknowledge it. Do you have anything to add? Uh,
1: not really. I mean, it's just a, a really big scumbag situation. Uh, this guy is an idiot. And uh, frankly, he should be prosecuted because this is kind of a hate crime. Absolutely a hate crime.
0: Yep. Uh, so we're, we're at 48 minutes now uh, in the show. um, We were thinking of maybe filling out a, like a, a playoff bracket based on where the standings were when the season stopped. But we kind of, we thought about it. And we said, I, I don't know. I don't think it would be as fun considering that, like, we won't see the predictions actually come to fruition and either turn out to be right or wrong. Uh, if anybody would like to see that, then you can let us know. Uh, But I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily in the plans for now. Um, we'll maybe, uh, we didn't do that that Buffalo Sabres deep dive on why they're so bad. Uh, maybe that's more of a, a summer project sort of thing. And uh, besides that, there was one more thing I wanted to mention, actually. Last week's episode, where we filled out that Habs bracket, March Habness, uh, it's already out of date because Laurent Dauphin, who was one of the four players who I decided to omit from the top 64, has uh, signed a one-year extension with the Canadiens' uh, league minimum We'll probably spend most of next season, if not all of it, down with the Laval Rocket. So uh, if he had been signed, then I probably, I almost definitely would have picked a different player to omit from the list. So uh, just just a little thing there that uh, I wanted to point out.
1: A little correction for our bracket. Okay, the last thing I want to check in is how we've both been doing in this. It's been a while since we've basically met other people that don't belong in our families because of this extended quarantine so how how have you been passing the time? I know we did this a couple of weeks ago, but you know now we're really deep into this thing. How are you holding up there?
0: You know, I'm uh, I'm actually doing way better now than I was uh, while it started. Uh, I think the same thing with you. Uh, online classes, we started those up this week. So so I I just sit down in the basement with my computer and my my headphones, and I watch my teacher talk. And every now and then I'll I'll chip in with something to say. I'll turn on my microphone. So and you know. Uh, most of the teachers, almost almost all of them, all except one actually, uh, they were in Zoom, uh, not Zoom. Sorry, everyone else is using Zoom. I'm not using Zoom. I'm using Microsoft Teams uh, at uh, at my school. Uh, they got training on it, so they're they're very they they know the way around. They know what they're doing, so things run pretty smoothly. And you know, to be able to go to school with. Like no commute at all, just have to walk down the stairs and go to my basement. I'm actually liking it and I can, you know, finish class and just I don't have to ride the bus. I don't have to walk to the bus stop and wait in lines and scan my opus and go to my locker, all these things. You know, I'm kind of enjoying it and I've been playing uh, lots of music, too. You know, actually, because of this, this microphone, I did get it for the podcast, but I also got it. Because uh, I can use it to to record music with much better quality than the the internal microphone on my, my phone or my laptop.
1: Ah, that's excellent. Uh, sounds like you keep yourself occupied pretty fun, fa- having a not a half bad time over there. Uh, me, you know, I've just gotta find different times to kill the time. Uh, I've been watching a bunch of Netflix, and I've just started watching Kyrie King. Now, if any of you, maybe even yourself, uh, Alex, you want to watch something absolutely stupid. Now, uh, Tiger King is a thing for you. I mean, a lot of people have been watching. It. It's been trending online all the time, and uh, it's just so stupid because everybody in there is a bad guy. They're all—it's like it's fucking all the stereotypes you see from Florida, and the states, all that. It's it, they take it and they blow it up and magnified a hundred times over. And uh, yeah, Tiger King is just about this. It's a bunch of ti- it's a you know it's a bunch of people who keep uh, tigers uh, as as pets and, and in their zoos. It's all very stupid, and uh, yeah, it's all pretty sad. But uh, it's entertaining as hell, let me tell you that. Uh, I've continued my Survivor obsession. I've watched uh, a lot of Survivor uh, when it comes to YouTube videos as well as the show. And so if any of you are interested in that, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's kind of like sports, not going to lie. And uh, one last thing I've done, I mean, other than the classes, of course. I mean, the classes, first of all, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the whole commute thing. It takes me, what, two hours a day to commute to school back and forth? And so, like, combined in a day. And so I saved those two hours. Plus... You can catch me listening to lectures in my bed. I got the laptop running and I just I can fucking lie down and practically take a nap uh, and not on an uncomfortable desk. I can do it in my bed. It's beautiful. And so, yeah, the last thing I've been doing, I just started doing this the other day. I've been baking bread. I know it's a very popular thing recently. Uh, just people baking because they have so much time on their hands. Well, you know what? I, I, I typically bake uh, just even during regular times. But now I have even more time on my hands. I started baking bread. I haven't baked bread before I did that. Uh and let me tell you, fuck, it's it's fucking amazing, alright? It's it's just fresh baked bread, fresh baked bread right out of the oven when it's fucking piping hot. You put some butter on that shit. If you make it good, goddamn, it's tasty as hell. Uh I made three baguettes yesterday, and my family just ran through two and a half of them in a matter of an hour. So it's you know, uh it's just fantastic. And uh yeah, baguettes are what I've started with, and I'm probably gonna make another one today because fuck it. I missed the bread flavor. Bread is fantastic and uh yeah shout out to bread
0: my parents both started watching tiger king and uh i, I was wa i kind of i wasn't really watching it with them i was in the room and i saw i think they're near the end of the series now i didn't realize that it's actually like it's a, it's a documentary i thought they were i knew it was based on a true story i thought it was like a like a docu-series with actors playing these 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 real people but it's actually like they, they interviewed them for real and followed them around it's like a like a real documentary
1: yeah, they followed him around for five years, and the fucking protagonist is in jail now. He's in prison, and it's like it's remarkable. I mean, this—it's like it's—it's—it's it's, it's stranger than fiction. I swear to God, you look at the thing and you think it's a mockumentary. You think they're they're laughing at Florida and Oklahoma and all those states down there, and yeah, and it's remarkable when you realize, holy shit, these people exist and they actually think of this. I mean, it's uh, it's remarkable, and it's it's. I mean. They say that, you know, yeah, the truth is strange to the fiction sometimes. Like, seriously, I could have fucking dreamed this up in my entire life. I couldn't dream such a crazy plot. Uh, and just the, the amount of stupidity involved is is remarkable. And I frankly don't think they could have thought of such a remarkable plot had they gone with the Doctor series. I think you you follow this kind of stupidity around for five years, you're about to get something spectacular, and that's what they got. And, uh, yeah, good for them. Thank you for this entertainment. I think it's a, I think Tiger, Tiger King would have been a massive success. Quarantine or not, but just the fact that everybody's inside, everybody's on Netflix, uh, is just that everybody's watching and everybody's the time, and deservedly so. God what a great documentary.
0: Yeah, and everyone the other thing that, that uh happened, uh, Animal Crossing, I don't I don't really play video games very much, but uh, I kind of saw it popping up a lot. It was like the other thing that like a famous video game I think debuted in like, I don't know, around around two thousand, two thousand one. I don't know, something around and they came out with a a new edition of it or whatever. Uh, recently and everyone was playing and stuck inside and i'm not an expert about it i don't know if you've heard of it or ever played it before but from what i can tell there isn't really an objective to the game you kind of just like you live in a little village with a bunch of other animals and like build your house and i don't know eat food and go fishing and you kind of just chill with your village with animals so you know i don't know if if, uh, i can see how that could kind of appeal to people uh, maybe a little bit to me, but I'd probably for me get kind of boring pretty fast.
1: Yeah, I actually I've heard of Animal Crossing, but I have no idea what it's about. So your small little summary is basically the only thing I know about Animal Crossing now, which I just learned. And so, yeah, I mean, that's it's a pointless game, I guess. And uh, everybody can be their own Joe Exotic uh, if that's what they want to do. And yeah, Animal Crossing, it's a social simulation video game, according to Google. I just looked it up and uh, OK, good to know. Uh, I, I I personally am not interested in such a game, but uh, I mean, if people are into that nostalgia, I know I know. Let me tell you, uh, actually, just a few months ago, you know, Moshi Monsters. I played that shit like like crazy when I was a kid, and it announced that it was going down, and I played the hell out of it as an eighteen year old, and uh, so I see the appeal. I see the appeal, and so, but personally, not for me.
0: Yeah, I play. I never really got into Moshi Monsters, but uh, well, I not got into it. I never played it at all. But for me, it was Webkins. I had I had, I had like over thirty of them. Uh, actually, not that far. From, they're all still like all together on a, a bookcase in the basement, just just chilling, like they've been for the past like eight years or so. Uh, barely moved at all. And, uh, yeah, so, so that was kind of my thing as a kid, I guess, kind of like, uh, same thing as animal crossing. When you think about it, you kind of just, you get them, you make the room and you, you play games and win virtual cash to be able to buy them. Like, I don't know, you know, the, the bed or the hat or the food or whatever. So that, that was kind of my thing, which I guess it might be a similar idea to, to Moshi Monsters.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, Motion Monsters didn't have much of a point either, and uh, I seem to I seem to be totally fine with wasting hours and hours of that. Uh, lots of fun. Unfortunately, it took it down. It took down the whole site. Uh, very unfortunate, and I missed the site. Anyways, I think that wraps it up for this week. Unless you got anything else to add?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just thought of this. Um, so, I don't know if you... We might have talked about this before. Since the NHL was paused. Don Lecision of The Athletic, who I brought up before, he was the one, if you don't remember, who has uh, nailed all the All-Star Game predictions for the past, what is it, three, four years in a row now, I think. And he's been using his model to simulate the r- remainder of the regular season uh, as if it weren't canceled. And since last night would have been the last night of the regular season, just this morning, uh, the final standings were updated. And if anyone's interested, I don't know, he's probably going to simulate through the playoffs too. Um, He's got, since, since we're all starved for hockey content, if anyone's interested, the Atlantic ended up top three, Boston, Tampa, Toronto. Uh, as it was looking like it was shaping up to be. The Metropolitan was ended up Washington, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, so Philly kind of slowed down off their super hot streak and finished third place, two points behind Pittsburgh for second and five points behind Washington for first in the Metro. And the wildcard teams were Columbus and Carolina. The New York Islanders and Hurricanes were both tied with 97 points, but the Hurricanes won that second wildcard spot on a tiebreaker. Um, and actually it ended up looking down Montreal ended up, uh, passing the Rangers and finishing three points ahead of them, which it was not looking like it was going to happen in, uh, in the real NHL over in the Western conference. Now in the central top three, St. Louis, Colorado dallas not much of a surprise and in the pacific which was very tight swinging back and forth it was vancouver calgary vegas in the top three with 101 97 and 95 points and let's look at this the wild card spots minnesota in the top wild card with 94 and nashville in the second wild card with 93 so the oilers who were looking so so good finished uh Third wild card, they missed the playoffs with ninety-two points, just one behind Nashville in this uh the simulation by Don LeCision.
1: Wow. okay. So that's uh if you're really missing the hockey, that's something to look for on Twitter and uh if that, it that really happened, damned. I mean you, you say that kind of thing, uh makes me miss it, makes uh it makes it makes me sad that it really didn't happen. And if it had, you know, I'd be laughing so hard at Edmonton right now.
0: Oh, you know, actually, I should probably point out, this is not, this is, this is the Athletics, so it is behind a paywall. Now that I think of it, actually, maybe, uh, I'm actually not allowed to reveal things that are behind a paywall on this podcast, but, uh. Oops, I did it anyway. It's okay. Not many people listen, so uh, but but may, maybe I'll be able to keep you updated without going into you know diving deep into the things that LeCision writes. I'll be able to to bring up the the result of it, and uh, maybe it'll actually make people want to subscribe to the Athletic. So so, not not that I get any sort of benefit from that, but just so I can't get in trouble. Uh, yeah. So Fun. so I, <laughs> I think that's it free for, for out, now. Free shout out. Free yeah, shout out to the, the clout, Athletic. Free, free clout for the Athletic. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, all right. Retro, for... Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a delay between us now, so we're kind of talking over each other a little bit. It's all right. I'll I'll fix it on the uh, the editing track. But uh, that's it for for this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey podcast. Next week, April 12, we'll be back with uh, something new. Maybe it'll be the uh, the mascot thing if we work that out. Maybe it'll be something else. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, share, subscribe, and uh, stay sane during quarantine. This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellaris is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today.